Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you like what you're hearing right now? Then be sure to check out VOC Nation. Whether it's on VOCNation.com or your favorite podcast provider, VOC Nation offers the greatest in live and on-demand content, great interviews, and incredible insight from those who have lived the business. Seven days a week, VOCNation.com. And don't forget to check us out on Twitter at VOCNation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to WCW Retro. I'm your host, Papa Stroh, Maestro of Wrestling, and tonight is a first special night here in WCW Retro. We'll be discussing what can we do to help make wrestling better. So if you have an idea of what can make wrestling better, call in anytime to tonight's live WCW Retro podcast at 914-338-1885. Once again, the number is 914-338-1885. And before we dive into that, uh, I'd like to make a few announcements, if you will. Uh, first off, uh, for my social media, uh, my official website is thestro.com, T-H-E-S-T-R-O.com. My official ma- merchandise page is thestro.com slash merchandise. Get your Papa Stro merch today for all ages, including pets. And if you'd like to make a donation to yours truly, buy me a cup of coffee, tips, etc. And I appreciate all the donations and gifts you give me. I send them my PayPal, guys, at paypal.m is a merry, easy eat, slash papastro. And all together, it's paypal.me slash papastro. Thank you in advance for your support. Uh, I'm on Twitter, at Signs of Stro. Instagram, at Stro Maestro. 
uh, Facebook at Stro the Maestro. Uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, guys, at youtube.com slash Stro Maestro. Uh, uh, also, I'm on Twitch at twitch.tv slash real. <coughs> Papa Stro. And uh, for bookings, you can email me at strofoya, S-T-R-O, number four, Y-A, at yahoo.com. I take bookings for a lot these days, uh, wrestling commentaries, uh, Comic-Con conventions, uh, speaking engagements, motivational speaking, stand-up comedy. Oh, gosh. Uh, if you'd like me to be an ambassador and influencer for your product, brand, or business, uh, uh, birthday parties, interviews, etc. I do a lot. So, so hit me up, strofoya at yahoo.com. Let's talk business. Let me be a special guest in the coming episode of WCB Retro. You can email also at wcbretro at yahoo.com. Let's get you some exposure on the podcast, if you will. Um, but thank you guys so much for your support. Much appreciated. I love you all very much. And thank you for being uh, a fan of WCW Retro and of VSNation.com. And check out all our great podcasts we got here at VSNation.com, as always. And support us on Pro Wrestling Tees at ProWrestlingTees.com slash VOCNation. Get your favorite VOCNation t-shirt today, including one of WCW Retro and another of yours truly, Bobby Stroh, Four Faces Stroh. And once again, thank you in advance for your support. <coughs> and with that, dive into what can make wrestling better. Let's do this. All right. And, uh, uh, okay, we have, uh, I think this is 609 Area Code. Welcome to WCW Retro. What's going on, Stro? Howard, welcome back. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing better than I was this time last week. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Oh, it was crazy. Before we dive into that, I was I was in Reno, Nevada. Had to go look at a store that we just built. It flew out Wednesday. Supposed to be back Thursday afternoon at like five o'clock Philly time. So I got yes. up Thursday morning at like three o'clock in the morning in you know Reno time. So it's I guess six o'clock here to find out that my flight's been delayed six hours from Reno to Phoenix. A simple oh. hour and forty-eight minute flight can't do it. So, of course, my connecting flight is missed. So, they rebooked it, and I'm supposed to land at 11.50 p.m. Thursday night in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So, I get to Reno. Ten minutes before boarding, there's a seatbelt issue on the aircraft. We can't take off. Oh, wow. Flight's two oh, hours late. So, I missed my second connecting flight for the day. I go to the American yeah. Airlines counter. They reworked the flight. I can catch an 11.50 p.m. flight out of Phoenix, which lands me in Philadelphia at 6.30 Friday morning. Wow. <laughs> but, for all of my, but for all of my trouble, American Airlines was gracious enough to give me a $12 voucher good at any restaurant in the airport. And you've traveled the airports. What, what, you, you travel to airports. What can you buy in the airport for $12? Nothing. Oh man, <laughs> no, no doubt. I mean, even, even the sandwiches it was, are like outrageous. 
Right. I mean, a, a, a bottle of water costs you four dollars at at a snack stand. Excuse me. With with the with the waiter, and they they tipped him yeah. five bucks, and the the other yeah. said half of it's for me, and the, the waiter said, "Oh, goody, I get." And at that time, I guess they could, but you, you can't obviously can't now because the way things are. But he said. The waiter says, oh, goody, I get to take myself out to the movies or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, man, it was it was just crazy. And then I was in, I, you know, I was home for the weekend, and I spent two days in, in Minnesota, um, Monday and Tuesday. Wound up catching a Minnesota Twins, uh, Chicago White Sox baseball game in the middle of the afternoon. Um, really nice ballpark out there. Really done well in Minnesota. And you wouldn't believe it, you know, as clean as the stadium was, but 10 days before that, they had, you know, 15 inches of snow inside the stadium. Wow. And it was gone. It was, it was gone from the city streets. It was, like, completely removed. I don't know what they did with it, where they dumped it, but they got rid of it. So it was, well, wow. it's been a, it's been a brutal week for me, but. You know, it's it's the nature of the beast. It's what it's what they pay me to do. So, right. Uh, but other than that, it's been good, man. You know, I'm, I'm still good. I got a little bit of a stuffy nose, but other than that, I'm I'm doing pretty good. No, man, man, I'm glad you're back. Oh man, um, <laughs> so much to talk about today. I mean, like wrestling news and so forth. But I guess. Well, the main topic of the night is um, how, <coughs> discussion on um, how, you know, wrestling can be better for today. And I, I just wanted to uh, get your thoughts of if there are certain things that wrestling can do to improve the product and um, the entertainment value, per se, that we all enjoy. So uh, fire away. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I mean, where, where do we start and how much time do you have? You know what I mean? I mean, you know, <laughs> and I don't think there's, a, <laughs> I don't think there's anything earth-shattering or, you know, new that that we're probably going to say tonight. But I, I think, from from a fan perspective, you know, I think we as fans, I think, need to be just a little more patient when, when we're watching you know, these guys perform. And I know I, everybody likes the high spots and they like the high-impact stuff. But I think there's a, a, a time and a place for that. I think a lot of the the moves now, you know, a, a, a simple headlock. I just watched um, Jerry Lawler, Andy Kaufman. I'm watching Southwest uh, Champion, uh, Texas Wrestling from 1986, I think it was, or 83. I can't remember the year it, it popped up. But they had a segment where Bob Sweeten was supposed to come on, and he wasn't able to make it. So they, of course, had a segment in Memphis with um, the Jerry Lawler Andy Kaufman match. And I watched. They, they showed the match in the, its entirety. It went six minutes and thirty-six seconds. There were four moves in the whole match, and not a move, you know, earlier than five minutes in the match. And it, it was a free headlock. That, that Jerry Lawler gave Andy Kaufman. You know, it's like you get the first shot for free. And then it was a side suplex, the pile driver that got Jerry Lawler disqualified, 
and then a second pile driver that um, sit, you know, set him on a stretcher and, you know, as he's twitching and, and they're carting him off. But the whole buildup, the first five minutes, not not a punch was thrown, not a not a headlock, not a not an arm bar, nothing, and the crowd was eating it up. You know, Jerry Lawler kept getting out of the ring and, and, and teasing Andy Kaufman, and it looked like Andy Kaufman was going to tie up, and he would back out and step through the ropes. I don't think we could do that today in a match. And I know we saw a little bit of it with Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns when they battled for the heavyweight title, but I think that's missing. Like, we're not patient. We just want to see guys kind of tear each other's, you know, heads off. And there's no no slow burn to this match. You know, a super kick, you know, a guy gets, takes a super kick and he, and he pops right back up. We're not patient enough to let him lay on the mat for a minute and sell that he that he that he darn near got his head taken off. He pops right back up because we want to see the next high spot that he's doing. So I think it's, we as fans, I think, need to be just a little more patient as these guys are telling their story and letting it letting it build. And so when we get the high spots, we're like, wow, did you see that? And we have time to, to react to it. There's so many high spots now, I think, that, you know, we just kind of take it for granted now. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, you know refer, going back to Lawler, uh, you know, some of the uh, best matches I had was with Gary Lawler. His psychology is, is, is off the chain. I mean, he, he knows when to do it, what to do at, at the right times. And uh, being in the ring with him was uh, such an honor. A pleasure, and uh, I learned so much from the matches with Lawler, and uh, and then you know you referred to the match you had with uh, Andy Kaufman, which uh, another genius. I think. I mean, Andy Kaufman was one of the boys. I mean, he he yeah. got it. I mean, he understood, and with him and Lawler's brains together, putting all together it was just a masterpiece. They did, and I and I feel that it alone is missing in wrestling. And you know, and, and we have the storyline of the bloodline that's been amazing. And and I don't, I don't think that should be the only thing, though. I mean, there should be other stories that we should follow. I mean, as many people we have in the business. I mean, I mean, yeah, that, that I mean, story is much, much needed. Oh, it, it is, and, and I think you know, the the bloodline even before that. You know, if we rewind a whole year, they should have been. They should have been the, the excuse me, the new modern day four horsemen. They should have just been laying waste to everybody. Good guys, bad guys, it wouldn't have mattered. Because then you you open it up to so many other stories and and with the bloodline you could have four or five stories running with just them. You know, from coming from different angles because you never know if Gunther and Imperium's gonna attack them because they did that too you know, maybe they attacked them two weeks ago in the locker room. You know, and the whole thing with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. And so you never knew who was attacking the horsemen next, but you knew that the horsemen were always together through thick and thin. They were going to survive it and, you know, really live to, to, to fight another day. You know, back in, in the, in you know, the early 80s, the mid-80s, you know, we had so many different stories. We had the horsemen with Dusty Rhodes. We had the Russians with the Rock and Roll Express and, Rock and Roll Express with the Midnight Express and, you know, all of the, the Freebirds and the Von Erics. We don't have those stories anymore. We got, 
maybe one or two that we follow, and then a couple of subplots, but they don't really invest in any of the subplots that, that these guys are involved with. Yeah, my God, look how many stars the horse we made. Look how many stars we made. Unbelievable. Yeah. You know, and I I think that it it could, you know, I remember waiting for 6.05 on Saturday night and 6.05 on Sunday night and would would get upset if the Braves baseball interrupted my 6.05, you know, broadcast that that was supposed to be on. Because I didn't know what was happening that week. You know, there, I mean, there wasn't the other night on AEW Dynamite was thanking Ric Flair for yeah. him, making him what he is. I mean, to this day, yeah. I mean, guys like Sting still thanking the Horseman. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and, and and honestly, that the Horseman made Sting who he is. Had it not been for that, I mean, he may, maybe, and, and, and I'm just guessing, maybe he doesn't rise above mid card status. You know, cause, I mean, the fans like him, but there was nothing there to cheer for Sting until really the, the, the horseman kind of got involved. And I think that just drove Sting, you know, really just straight to the top. And, and no, no disrespect to him or what he's done, but the horseman, you know, made him. Mm-hmm. So the, the horseman made, I, I believe the horseman made Magnum T.A. who who he was. I mean, he was on the verge of, being really, you know, they, they called him the next Ric Flair, you know, until his unfortunate accident. He was, you know, and some even say, go out and limb call him the next Hulk Hogan because of right. what the horseman did. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. And you the know, stars going after the champion was interchangeable because they didn't so yeah. many stars. I mean, they can. I mean, no one really fizzled out. You know what I mean? They, they, everybody had a fighting chance. Right, because because Ric Flair was a, a a bad guy when he fought Dusty Rhodes, but he was a good guy when he fought Nikita Koloff, and Nikita Koloff was was an evil Russian. So you <laughs> yeah. never you, you never got you know tired of of seeing him. We cheered for him sometimes. And, you know, and, and we boot them other times. But it goes back to, you know, we're just not patient enough. We just want to, okay, let's let's watch this Raw so we can get the SmackDown. And then let's watch SmackDown, you know, to the next Raw and then to the pay-per-view. And I think we as fans just sometimes, you know, just we're not patient enough. We don't let the, we don't let the story develop. We, we see guys that, that get together on, on, on Monday Night Raw and the next week they're, they're, they're in a steel cage match. Why? What, what brought on the steel cage match? Because yeah, we wanted to like they want to read a couple, a couple of pages and put the book down. You know what I mean? Where yeah. there's like more chapters 
to the story. Right. They, 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 want, they want to read the introduction and the last two pages of the book, and that's it. And there's so much yeah. going on in between, you know, guys getting hurt. I, I was watching the, the Dusty Rhodes biography, and when Dustin, when, when the horseman broke Dusty's leg, and he was out for a couple of months, and, you know, Dusty was wearing the cast around the house, and sometimes he wasn't wearing it, and Dustin looked and said that there was a big cut up the side so he could slip this on like a boot. And then he realized that that's really not hurt. You know, so, <laughs> yeah. but we, we don't. What, yeah. Wow. What, what, was, what a, what a was, uh, biography. No, oh, that was great. That was probably, probably one of the better ones that I've seen that A&E's done. And I think Amazing. because they allowed Dustin to be part of it, and Cody was a big part of it, and you know the and you know Cody mentions his brother Dustin, and Dustin mentions Cody. There was a lot of you know I guess commingling in there, you know. But it, it just showed you how far back then they were willing to go to to keep the story going. You know, back oh, yeah. when, when 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 the junkyard dog got blinded in mid south. Bill Watts sent him home for six months and said, don't keep the bandage on when you're out, but, you know, really don't go anywhere. But if you got to travel, you know, put put the bandage and, and and sell the injury. Because, I mean, back then, it, JYD was the hottest thing going. And he's on yeah. the shelf. And we were waiting, waiting and waiting and waiting for him to return. And then he returns, just, just like when, when Dusty came back. And, of course, you know, we all know the hard times promoted and delivered after that, that we still – talk about this yeah. day that we still let wrestler, young wrestlers watch to get yeah, back then, invested was no in it. Out. I mean, it, it was a 24-7 no. business, and, and, that's how we, and that's how we got paid, and that's how we did business, you know, was, was, was yeah. keeping that story going that we were telling. Keep, right, keeping the, in keeping and the, the story going. <laughs> right, and that's what I love yeah. about MJF. I think he lives and breathes his character. He keeps it going. Oh, it's amazing. You know, you know, he 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 is, you know, as as disgusting a human being on camera as you know as as he is when he, you think the camera's not rolling and we got our cell phones out and we're watching him. Hey, let's make him try to break character, and he doesn't because this is who he is. And if he's going to sell tickets, this is who he's got to be. He's nothing. You're not going to go up and ask him for an autograph because you never ask a bad guy for an autograph. They just don't sign him. Right. You know, and that's just not. It's not there anymore, and and I think yeah. from from the from the wrestling side, from the business side, they need to be a little more invested in their stories. And 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 I guess sometimes guys get hurt, and you got to call an audible. But you know, I think you know, just as the story is getting ready to go, they just drop it and and we move on to the next one. Well, wait a minute, we didn't we didn't conclude this one. And just because you conclude it yeah. doesn't mean you it's can't not, bring it up a, a year from now. Develop. Right. Right. Yeah, it doesn't get a chance to develop. And that that slow burn that, you know, that that, that they had, you know, and the whole, when when they decided to take um, the Great American Bash, I don't know if it was 85 or 86, on the road for, you know, July and August, and they were going everywhere. They had every – Every opponent that Ric Flair was going to face, they would tell you it was, you know, Baltimore he's going to face Road Warrior Hawk, and, you know, in Chicago, you know, he's he's facing Ricky Morton. And 
they had it all laid out, and you're like, man, this guy's not going to survive the Great American Bash. He, somebody along this this road is going to take it from him. And I believe, it, it, unless I'm wrong, he came out the other side still NWA champion at the time. Because and, of the stories the guys, that were telling. All the guys that he wrestled in that tour were all, all had stories and issues with the horsemen. So yes. it, it was just what, it, just to show you how many stars that they made at that time. That It's amazing. Right. And, and I think that's the, the, the bloodline can do exactly the same thing. And have, you know, Roman needs to be, you know, the champion, whether the, the number one contender is, is a good guy or a bad guy. He needs to wrestle all of them. And, mm-hmm. you know, he, he needs, and we, and we need to, keep, you know, continue, you know, that, that, that storyline. And, like, and, you know, look what they've done with we uh, have Judgment Day. And Owens and Cody and, and it, Riddle and possibly Randy if he returns. But they all have an issue right. with Bloodline. Right, you know, they have, you know, Randy Orton, you know, is, is rumored to come back. You know, I think, you know, again, you know, with, with his contract dispute, they could they could do a lot with Drew McIntyre, with him, mm-hmm. even Sheamus, you know. But like, what's Imperium do? Who, who are they involved with? They're not really. You know, Judgment Day is not really involved with anybody. So you have these factions out there that that aren't doing anything. You know they, right. they don't they don't have they don't have a, a a beef with anybody. Back in the day, that even the Russians had a beef with whoever the, the two or three tag teams were in the area, whether it was the Midnight Express, that, Rock right. and Roll Express, or the Fantastics, or or whoever it was. They 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 had listen. If you're coming in here and we're the tag team champs, and you want to prove your best, well then then step up. But show me you, you you know you're the best. You know you had the Andersons, only an Arn Anderson. And, you know, before that, it was only Gene Anderson. It was, you know, they, they, they're just not, there's, like I said, there's factions or stables or whatever you'll call them now, just really sitting and just wrestling the next guy that they throw out there for no rhyme or reason. There's no reason for me to get excited about it. You know, the Brawling Brutes, I think that they could really go a long way with Imperium, but they seem to come out kind of right. sporadically and put these guys together. And they're great matches when they get together. But they're just not, yeah. they're not pulling the trigger for whatever reason. Everything has to mean something. And, and I mean, and and you have to have the fans told, invested in, in what, in whether, whether it be clicks, groups, angles, storylines. But, but it's, and, and back in the day, if it, you know, if, if somebody was fizzling out, they would go on to something else. And right. I, I just really feel if something isn't working, it's time time to change the direction. Right. And, and I remember when, when I was watching that Dusty Rhodes thing, you know, he kind of said it, and Dustin hinted to it a little bit, that Dusty wasn't necessarily the best wrestler in the business, even when he was the American Dream. He was well-liked because he could talk to people into the building. Let me get mm-hmm. them there. Let me get. Let me. Let me pack the house, and 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 then we'll then we'll figure out what we're going to do. But let me. You got. Listen. Honestly, you got to get into the building first. You know, with, without right. that, <laughs> there's no, there's nothing. So he he was very exactly. good at, at talking, and and he could he could talk to, you know, the 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 common people. You know, the whole son of a plumber, and 
you know, especially when it, when it was against Ric Flair, and Ric Flair had the silver spoon, and you know, really, you really mm-hmm. wanted for nothing. So you had the, you know, the the, the two sides, the, you know, the good and the bad, kind of battle, and they they battled for years. Dusty chased him and chased him, and always came up short. Always right. was always on, but people kept coming back is because there's this time, you know, if we go to Baltimore, are we going to see, you know, Dusty win? Oh no, he didn't. Well, maybe he's going to win it in, in, in Charlotte. Oh, no, he didn't. Well, they're going to be in Florida next. Maybe he'll win it there, and he didn't. You know, it wasn't until Starcade when he finally did it. And then even right. last time, he couldn't, he couldn't carry the title like Ric Flair could. And he didn't want to. He didn't want to spend, you know, 360 days on the road defending this title in the, in the territories because you traveled to the territories. And that you know, right. Ric R- R- Flair wanted to in the back, but the chase was always even, always there. Even when he lost the title, and he didn't held the title long. Even when he lost the title, he started to chase all over again, and it drew even more money. It drew even more money. Yeah. So that story, and you could tell that story to every generation of wrestling fan, and it it would never get old because there's so much right. more you can do now, and. You know, the, the talent's getting, you know, faster and and stronger. So there's, you know, different things you can do. They just were, were not letting it develop. Yeah, maybe we got to wait another, a whole other year, and I think that's the, maybe the mistake they made with Cody, you know, coming in with Roman so fast was, dude, you didn't earn it. I get it. Your last name is Rhodes, and you come from a, a, a great wrestling family. I'm not going to take anything away from him. But what did you, when you came to the WWE? What did you do to earn that spot? You didn't do anything. You just had the right yeah. last name. That's it. And you know, with guys you know, like Dusty, we, Dusty and Stone Cold and Hogan and Flair, we we used to thank after the end of the night. We used to thank those guys for the house because they were the ones yeah. who talked to people into the building. Right. You know, and and Stone Cold came up. You know. You know, through the ranks, when, you know, when, when he first got to W, he wasn't, you know, I mean, he was the ringmaster for crying out loud when he first got there. You're like, wow. Yeah. And, you know, then he had then he had the whole problem with Vince McMahon and the whole Attitude Era started. And again, if it's not for Stone Cold, I don't think the Attitude Era gets as big as it does. Because who doesn't want to see, you know, somebody go after their boss who's treated him so bad for so long, and he can, and right. but Stone Cold never didn't always come out on top. You know, he was left laying sometimes, no. but he always came back. He always came back, and right. we came back each week to say, "What's so mm-hmm. going to do this week?" You know, because we were invested in it because it right. took so long to develop, and we now we're we're emotionally and and at times financially invested in what's going on. In a roundabout way, he was that generation's Dusty Rhodes. Y- yes, he was. Yes, it. yeah. You know, and, and and I love Stone Cold. I think he was a he's a great character. I mean, I listen to some of his podcasts now, and and the respect that he has for the people that came before him. You know, and and it shows. You know, and I just I, I think you know that's I I think Paul Heyman with with Roman gives him a great mouthpiece because Paul Heyman is who he is. You know, I, I think he's our and and again, no disrespect to Bobby Heenan. But he's our modern day Bobby Heenan. You know, he's probably mm-hmm. very quick witted. You know, he 
he says the wrong things at the right time to, to kind of get your attitude and your blood boiling a little bit towards him. You know, says some things that maybe are a little personal where he kind of breaks that third wall down where, wow, he's, he's bringing in some personal stuff into this. Right. Just like the, the horsemen did. They wanted to put everybody on the shelf, man. We're, listen, we're going to put you out of wrestling. You're not going to be able to make no money. You're done. And and, yeah. and we as fans eat eat that up, but it, we're, we're not we're oh, not yeah. whether it's from whether it's from the business side or from our side we're not letting it letting it develop at all. We just want to hey let's let's get them in there let's get them in, in in a cage match oh it's great you know we we got it but then but then where do you go because essentially there the story's over and in three matches it's done feuds would go on you know show would go on for an entire year before mm-hmm. it would end. And the cage match, you know, was kind of the last resort. Or, the, you know, the old lumberjack match or the Indian strap match or the dog or whatever you want to call them. They were the, the, the pinnacle of you worked towards that. You built towards that. You know, the, the Magnum T.A. Tully Blanchard I quit match was the culmination of, you know, mm-hmm. Tully and Magnum battling over the title and Magnum always kind of coming up short and – this this was it. It was you know, you know the NWA sold it as an unsanctioned match. You know Jim Crockett didn't want to do it, but Magnum convinced him to do it. And it was probably one of the yeah, greatest and, and totally cage matches. Yeah, that audience. Oh my God, uh, oh, what a heel yeah. sticker totally was. What a great great heel he was. No, he's. I was watching. I'm watching him in, in 1983 with Gino Hernandez, and he's still mm-hmm. the same Tully Blanchard that that he is in '86, '87, '88. Still the, the same guy, still hating, still just mouthy, and you're like, this guy's not big enough to be mouthy, but he always wins. Somehow, he <laughs> always wins. <laughs> you know? Oh, and, man. You know, it, it, you know, I just think we, we need to just sit back and, and and enjoy the soap opera for what it is. Let's let let's let them talk. Let's let this thing develop. <clears throat> you know, maybe they they get into it and it gets broken up. You know, you know, and they get in altercations outside of of the building. You know that I mean, um, was it Dusty Rose when he broke his hand outside of Jim Crockett's office when they slammed it in the door? Mm-hmm. You know that that wasn't interesting. That was Dusty going home from work one day, and there were the horsemen waiting for him. And, and I think it was Bill Watts and Art Anderson at a gas station. Mm-hmm. Where the cops were actually called, legitimate cops were called because people had no idea what was going on. Right. You know, Tommy Dreamer, um, ECW really channeled that a lot in his feud with Raven. If you look back on that, because oh, he, yeah. in, he, even that crazy environment ECW had, Tommy channeled that connection with the audience. You know, and and you can tell there's a lot of dusty in what he did, right? Oh yeah, and uh, I remember. You know, I remember. Raven kept getting the best of them, right? And Tommy every week, and Tommy. Yes. You know, and I remember when when he, when he when I think it was Raven. I don't know. No, it was Sandman because they had the cane. They kept cane and Tommy Dreamer, and he's like, you know, give me another one. And he would hit him again, and you could see just the mm-hmm. the pain in his face, and he'd give me another one. And the fans were just just eating it up because we we, right. we didn't we didn't want to see we didn't want to see it happen to him, but we kind of understood 
why it was happening to him, and it was actually fueling, you know, his his revenge and his comeback. And again, we you know that we ended up with that. Sympathy. And, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. we, yeah. We had that emotional sympathy for him. I remember when they, I think it was they rubbed Ricky Morton's face into the concrete on the in the locker room, and left yes, him the horseman laying yeah. there. And I'm like, oh my god, they they really ground his face off, and he came out with the mask on and. Like mm-hmm. I, I thought, like this guy was done, and but we we are emotionally connected to it, and there's just no so. And I'll say right. there's never because we were emotionally connected to Sami Zayn when he was going against Roman Reigns. Because again, how long did that take? How long did we mm-hmm. watch Sami Zayn do things that he didn't necessarily want to do, but he wanted to be included in something, something bigger than himself. Right. And and we ate it up, and we all popped when. He finally got away from the bloodline. He finally got his chance for Roman Reigns, and he's going to the throne of Roman Reigns. There's no doubt in my mind. And then he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And you know, and and I think at, at, during that one, that met, that pay per view in February, I think Roman did a great job playing the heel. You know, talking to the fans. This this isn't my fault. I kept thinking of Jimmy Garvin. I kept saying, "It's not my fault. It's not my fault. I'm so good looking." <laughs> you know? And but he, you know he told Sammy and wife, still this, this, with Sammy they may have a chance chance with him still yeah because I mean yeah and, and I he, mean and he made it he's personal. still getting the pops and yeah he still I mean people love Sammy no yeah I think he's he's the most over entertainer wrestler that they have in that company right now. I think you know he he is he is at he is at the top he's on top of the world, but you know we were emotionally invested in that because we waited so long for that moment to happen, and there's just not enough mm-hmm. of that in in any of it. The whole you know Brock and, and almost like where did that come from? Like that should have been built from you know maybe started at this WrestleMania. With with, with an altercation really, backstage I, or something and built. Yeah, I really think think you know, almost should have had more steam steam going in, honestly. Yeah, and and, and you know I I think they should have, they didn't do enough to build him up as a as a monster like they could have. They, they put him in matches with with smaller guys, and when he did wrestle guys like Lashley, he would lose. Like no, your monster. He's over seven feet tall. This guy should never. Lose, you know, and put him in handicap matches. Put him on, you know, two on ones, three on ones with smaller guys, and let them just obliterate everybody. You know, would have would have been cool at WrestleMania if 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 Lashley and um, Lesnar had the, a big blow off between those two, uh, any, so any type of match, and have almost win the uh, Andre Battle World. Then they could have had something going in where almost to challenge Lester. Yeah, but let it let it but, stew, let it let it build. Yeah, to you know to to that, and especially Brock being as as part time as he is, you could really milk this, you know, from this WrestleMania to the next, and let it build, mm-hmm. and let let almost almost get his hands, you know. A couple of times, you know, I didn't like the whole complication where Brock left and they didn't really do anything. Like, come on, man. He should have left Brock laying one or two times. And you you build towards that, you know. 
Brock comes to the ring and almost, you know, just maybe he speak, you know, he speaks him a little bit and catches him off guard and leaves Brock laying, you know, and then let it go for a couple of weeks and have Brock come back and, you know, they get into a tussle again and, and the whole locker room empties out trying to separate these two monsters, you know, and just let it keep stewing it and never really have a match, but have them get together a couple of times. And then finally, you know, does Brock get his hands on him? Is, is this the end? And, yeah, you know what? Maybe almost wins. Maybe he does by hook or by crook. He Lesnar, you know. And, yeah, you know, you know now, now, now Lesnar. Someone says one, someone how great someone is. If you don't have that emotional connection with your audience, that it's, you know, you're not that great. <laughs> you're you're <laughs> not, no, because I'm, because I'm not buying it. And, you know, a, there, there's the nothing point. there, right? <laughs> right. That's the whole point is there's there's nothing there to to make me want to see these guys or to see that that particular match or you know why you know why are these guys you know getting together or because when they say I mean, you that, even, right? You you tell yourself, prove it to me, show me something right. that I could be interested in, something I can invest in you to want to keep right. coming back to see you more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, well, you know, show me. Yeah, show me why you're as good as you think you are. Just show it to me. Right. And, you know, and, 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 and maybe I'll start to believe it. But you've got to show me, you know, every week or, or every time I see you, you've got to show me why I'm, I'm either going to, to, to love you or to hate you. Give me a reason to. Give me a reason yes. to hate you. Give me a reason to cheer for you. Give me a reason to get behind you. And like I said, with I think with Cody Rhodes, it just wasn't there at WrestleMania. We just weren't behind him. It would have been a great feel-good moment, you know. I know, I know the, the dusty finish was brought up and, and, and all of that, but I I just don't think there was enough of a connection there for you know for us to to completely buy into Cody Rhodes. Not yet, anyway. And maybe I mean, a year from now. Factors in too. First off, the status quo. Because it just got bought by Endeavor, right? Um, two, uh, he's got that. He's approaching a, a thousand days as champion, which will definitely break all the records. <laughs> Roman, right? And, and I, don't, I don't have a problem with him doing that, but I think he needs to do it in, in you know, I'd say more dominant style. But he's been pretty dominant. Lately, but and, and, and you know, and three, like you said, with Cody, it was just too early. And it was way it, too early. Already more time to de- time to develop, and um, and and you're thinking, um, you know, you got SummerSlam coming up in a few months, and you know that's a possibility, or they can stretch that even further. But um, the longer the story gets stretched out, the better. I I, I feel, you know, what I mean. With Cody and Reigns, right and, and, right, and as long as the story makes sense, you know, you can't just yeah. put two guys together because on paper, you know, you know, Lashley and Brock, or Lashley and almost or almost and Brock, it looks great on paper. But what else do you have? Because it can't just look good on paper. It's got, it's got, and, it's got to make sense. And it's got to be more than just doing great promos in the ring, too. Right. Which, uh, he, Cody's, Cody's been knocking out of the park with the promos. It's been yes, pretty amazing. Has, but yes. you know, what I mean, you know, more, more, more grit, I guess, 
I hate I hate to use that word because it's been used quite a bit, but <laughs> more substance. Yeah, yeah well, you know, it's it's it, it's almost you know it's almost overused, but yeah, you're right. I think it needs to be. You know, listen again. You know, back in the day, I believed what these guys were saying. Make me believe mm-hmm. what you're saying. You know, when 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 Dusty talked about hard times, I believe he went through hard times because he was looking at potentially not not wrestling anymore because of his injury. You know, when, yeah, look when at Nikita all, Koloff, he yeah. Right. When Nikita Koloff came out in, in, in his best Russian that he could do and talked about what he was going to do to Magnum TA or, or anybody for that matter, Rick Flair or whoever, I believed it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you could see, you could see it in his eyes that, that, that he believed it, you know, and I think I said it before, I think, it's you know, when Terry Funk told me, he was the craziest man in wrestling. Yeah, I, I kind of believe that. <laughs> yeah. You know? They, I, I, guess yeah, they, they I don't believe I, in what they said. Right. You know? You know, and I, I just think that's, the, the you know, the believability is, is is waning a little bit. Right. You know, Terry, Terry told me a long time ago, he said, for others to believe in you, you first have to believe in yourself. And right. Man, that's made so much sense <laughs> to just say. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, you have to believe what you're saying. And I think it's kind of got to be a little organic. It's got to be, you know, you know, from the heart. You can't, you know, I, I can't take, a, you know, a, a promo that you wrote and read it verbatim because it's, it's not going to go over. That's not me. They're your words. They're not mine. You know, I, I think a different. little bit of how, how they do everybody's things. different. You know I mean? Right. And, and I think sometimes these guys are delivering promos. And you're like, man, I, I know that's not you, man. That's not who you are. Tell me who you are. You know, and show me they get that over because they put a little of themselves into it. What they do, right? Yeah, and that, and that's what you know. The guys that they interviewed during that Dusty thing was that's what Dusty pushed was he would say just, just be you, kid, just be you. And and he brought out those those characters, and and, and I think that's why we have. You know the the early, you know, generation of NXT, the Seth Rollinses and all those guys. I think that's why they can they they do a great promos because they learn from one of the best, if not the best, at giving promos. Right. So you know, I so we believe. Funny you know, story. We, we we believe it. Yeah. Right. Funny story. I was, a little segue here. Uh, when I was teaming with Jake Roberts in Mexico with AAA, right, where. They're doing an interview with us and to hype up the big triple mania, which is like their equivalent of WrestleMania over there. And the the guy asked him, the commentator asked him, how did he like Mexico, right? And <laughs> basically Jake told the truth. He said, the food sucks here. We've been snacking on a box of Razor Brand all week. <laughs> Raiding sandwich machines to the airport. And I'm thinking, oh, this is hilarious. But, I mean, he was just so real. You know, and but, in but, an interview, but and, in Mexico, yeah. Right, but in Mexico, you can believe that. Yes. You know, <laughs> because yeah, listen, I believe that you guys Amazing. were, you know, raiding whatever you could and, and eating whatever food you may have been able to smuggle in with you and get there and and eat because Mexico <laughs> is so bad and, and really bad. You know, and and and, the, and no disrespect to any of the you know the Mexican stars that came out of there, but. We're not, you know, we're we're not from here, man. We're we're kind of, we're out of towners, you know. We, this isn't our place, but you know, we're going to do what we can to survive. And 
You know, we're going to beat you up a little bit, and then we're going to leave. <laughs> and they, I mean, and they believed good, it. A few things were good, like a season of salsa. They were really good over there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and, and, and I love Jake Roberts' promos. Just his, his – he never raised his voice. He never no. really got excited. He just talked. And just the way he talked and his and his eye movement and his his head tilt or just his eyes just made me believe that either this guy is half crazy or he really means what 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 he's saying or a little bit of both. It's just the psychology in the ring. Even <laughs> yeah, even early on, his whole psychology was was great. And you know, I, I see a lot of of his psychology, like like you brought up earlier. I think a lot of Jake Roberts' psychology and, and ring work in Raven, you know, mm-hmm. where Jake would Jake would slither out of the ring, you know, where Raven would just sit in the corner, you know, and you're like, dude, right. like you are, you're vulnerable, dude, but he didn't care. He's going to do what mm-hmm. you know what what Raven's going to do, what Raven wants to do, and I think once he became Raven, like he just took it to a whole other level. I mean, because he yeah. bounced around from here to there, and listen, he was always a great performer. But when he took on that Raven persona, he—that was him. That was—I think—that's what he needed to be. You know, early on, he just hadn't, you know, discovered that yet. And then when he when he, he did, legit, it, he legitimately is a certified genius. I mean, he's smart. Yeah, no, I, 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 and, you know, and and I and I've heard from different people some. Some people, some people don't like him, but he's like he's generally like a a, a down earth guy. He's like, very articulate, very very you know easy to talk mm-hmm. to. Can talk about you know anything, whatever you want to talk to. You know he'll he'll speak right. a lot. You know, and we're being joined just, by uh, Chad from Chicago. Hey, brother, welcome back. Hey, hey doing? what's happening, guys? Sorry for late calling. I had some business I had to take care of, but. Uh... So yeah, I know we're talking about Raven. What, what's um, what's the subject matter for tonight? Uh, what what can make wrestling better? <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, that's a lot that's of interesting. But, hey, go for it. <laughs> we got well, Howard on I, I, too. Hey Howard, how are you, bud? Good man. What's going on? No, oh, same old stuff. Same old stuff. Just business. Just trying to get this. Uh, WAW North America July show uh, in the full gear. We're we're doing well. We just got to keep the momentum going. What can we do to make wrestling better? Okay, here's a little suggestion. It's not going to be popular. Um, tell the guys that are <laughs> five foot two, 105 pounds, that the ticket office is in the front, not the back. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know there's a. I know there is a niche. And a like and a need for guys that are five foot two and can't keep their feet on the ground for more than five seconds. I get it, but they're not wrestlers. What would make wrestling better? Train and book wrestlers. Train and book guys that would legitimately scare the hell out of you in a dark corner somewhere. No, I'm just being honest. No, I, Raven, I get it. Raven would up. Raven would unnerve you. Jake the Snake would unnerve you. The Road Warriors in their prime would scare the hell out of you. Let me ask you, just off the cuff, did you sure. believe Bruiser Brody was as crazy as he was? Bruiser Brody was crazy like a fox. 
there are interviews there are interviews out there with him. There are interviews out there with him where he is fully articulate. Okay, Bruiser Brody had a degree in journalism. He was crazy like a fox. Right, but he made you believe in Bruiser Brody, just like the uh, Road Warriors uh, made you believe in the Road Warriors. And, and part of that is not only the persona and how they project the persona, but part of that is the look. I mean, come on. Wrestling, unlike boxing, which had weight divisions, wrestling, unless you were out in Europe, didn't have weight divisions. So it was everybody was lumped in as a heavyweight and or a super heavyweight. And, you know, by and large, the, the, the total typical wrestler was six foot one to six foot five, about 260 to 330 pounds, and could legitimately look like they would mess you up. You know, I mean, The Undertaker tells a story talking about Bruiser Brody. The Undertaker tells that story in the Stone Cold podcast about his first match. And he said, you know, this is my first match. I'm as green as they come. And uh, I look all over the, I look across the ring at Bruiser Brody, and first thing, that stupid gene pops in the back of my head and says, wait a minute, I'm bigger than he is. <laughs> so right away he figured he can he, he can just be stupid in the ring with Brody because he was bigger than him. But I mean, not for nothing. You stare across the you stare across a bar room at a guy that's five foot three, 105 pounds with a scraggly neck beard, looking like he just walked out of his mother's basement. Are you going to be afraid? Lydia, yeah, probably no. probably not. <laughs> Absolutely not. So I mean, is there? You know, is there a place for that? Yeah, MMA does a great job in terms of how they package um, workers and uh, and fighters of different sizes. Uh, wrestling does it. I mean, we either lump them as being under 205-pound cruiserweights or being heavyweights. And the tag and the tag team divisions are a joke because right now three quarters of the tag teams couldn't stand up to. The Road Warriors, they couldn't stand up to Nikita and Ivan Koloff. They couldn't stand up to Demolition. I mean, it, it, physically, those teams would just eat them alive. You, you're funny oh, when yeah. you say that, because I, I, I said a recent podcast, they were talking about Drew McIntyre going to um, AEW, and uh, I mentioned, well, if Drew does go to AEW, be like, Gullivers lovers travel. <laughs> you can hear your fans <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, we love it. AEW, the Queen's Royal Opposition. I, I, I was there when you said it. That's a true story. <laughs> Jeez, believe oh, me. Hilarious. AEW, WCW 2.0. Let's sign everybody. <laughs> Can't use them, but let's pay them anyhow. Yeah, we, I mean, we talked about just the, the promos that the guys had, you know, back in the day and just just their believability and you know in in, in who they were and you know Absolutely. when when they said they were going to do something they they did it whether it was Nikita you know Rick Flair or you know any of the horsemen or Dusty or Magnum you know they they just went out and 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 did it and and even you know Manny Fernandez and Rick Rude when they were tag team champions they just went out and did it they told you what they were going to do and they went out and did it you had guys like you had guys like Bruiser and Crusher with sounding like they ate a mouthful of tax, which was their persona, you know. And then you get a guy like Nick Bockwinkel that'll you have to get a dictionary out to understand his promo. 
<laughs> right. right. He was believable. <laughs> Nick was a genius. But, and he, but he was believable. Amazing. Exactly. Raven was believable. The whole flock was believable. I mean, you actually literally believed that Sick Boy didn't have all 52 cards. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I remember Kirk. I Henning, mean, Perry Saturn, God for, you know, I understand he had problems, homeless and the drugs and the whatnot. That can that conveyed him to his personal and his ring persona, and he could back it up. He was so ugly. He was yeah, he was a legitimate tough guy. You, know, then you, sure. get a guy like, you get a guy like Dean Malenko who didn't say three words on TV. <laughs> the ice but man. But that's how you nuts. Yeah. You know, yeah. And I'm not saying you got to be – I'm not saying wrestling needs to be only for big guys. Ray Mysterio has broken that mystique. There's a lot of luchas that broke that mystique already. I'm just saying that the guys that are wearing, you know, the $40 tights from com that look like they're – Poster children for um, for Sally Struthers and and the uh, and the and the feed the kids movement. They don't belong in the ring, dude. <laughs> and even with Ray, you look at Ray. He doesn't he didn't doesn't try to outpower anybody to any power moves. He does what he does best with his size exactly. and what's given to him. Exactly, but I mean, you there's other guys out there showing. You see it on you see it on the, on the indies all the time. And it's like, well, I paid my I paid my twelve hundred dollars to the school. I paid my fifteen hundred bucks. Uh, where's my match? I'm right. Sorry. What What makes you think you're entitled to work in front of a crowd? I, I think Cody said it best to Solo the other night. You're just not ready, kid. You're just not ready. <laughs> uh, I got in trouble for that at my old school. I went there to help the kids out, and they had a girl there training, and uh, she was hot. I put this nicely. God awful. And so they said, you know, um, talk to her afterwards and, and see what you can what you can come up with. So I did, and I said, you know, if I were you, being five foot one and about a hundred and seventeen pounds, I said, if I were you, I'd consider being a manager, because if you dedicate yourself to being a top flight manager, you'll not only be in front of the crowd quicker, but you'll progress through the sport quicker than you would being a very low-level, mediocre wrestler. I said, because right now you're two years away from ever seeing the in, ever seeing the outside of the curtain. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I got tabbed as an old guy that doesn't know what he's talking about, and how dare I offend her. Well, that's what happens when you hurt somebody's feelings, when you tell yeah, them the so truth you know, and you hurt I, their I, just feelings. Going, I just stopped going to help out. And I think that's what a lot of vets are doing. A lot of vets just say, oh, come the vets don't help the young guys, because the young guys don't want to listen. Because they know no, it all. Those, cause they got YouTube and Google, and they got well, everything else that they need. They don't. Let's not forget the video games, because you know. Right, right. Play oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, bro, I just went through the whole thing in WWE 2K23. Yeah, okay, moron. You can create your own character all you want, and it'll make you a wrestler. Right. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about that earlier about you know some people. Too many people go around saying they're the best, this and that, but if they're not putting butts in the seats. They're making that connection with the audience, you know, then they're lying. <laughs> they're working everybody. Yeah. yeah you know, Bill, Bill, Bill Watts said it fast. You, you got you to put a seat, you got to put, put a butt every 18 inches to make it in this business. Exactly If they're not right. coming to see you, then, then you're not going to make any money. Exactly right. I mean, I, I've developed uh, not a bad reputation. Well, the boys don't – some of the boys don't like me because of – 
A, I don't take their nonsense. B, I tell them like it is. And C, uh, they're like, oh, Chaz thinks he's better than I am. Oh, I am better than you are because I put an ass every 18 inches. I draw 50 to 100 no matter where I go. So, yeah, oh, Chaz looks like he's better than us. You're right. I am. No, it's not an act. <laughs> I want him in heel mode tonight, honey. <laughs> What's in the mess? They don't menstrual syndrome. Oh, no, no, no. I've already passed that part. I've gone to old and crotchety. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that's one thing. Another thing, promoters, pay your freaking talent right. You got these kids out there, and I don't blame half of them for getting upset. I mean, you got these kids out there, promoter wants them on street team. He wants them flyering. He wants them getting sponsors. He wants them to take a block of tickets and sell them. And then he's going to pay him $20. Really? Or, or the other one. Oh, I don't pay him in dollars. I pay them in exposure. Are you trying to one up? No, I'm not trying to one-up the angry wrestling back, because I say take all the pictures you want backstage. But, I mean, come on, pay the talent the right way. No one's getting rich at this nonsense, but at least pay the talent the right way. I mean, can you honestly tell somebody, put your body on the line, give me a minimum of 25 hours worth of promotion of your time promoting, and I'm going to pay you a whopping 20 bucks. Where does that make sense? And then the last part of my little rant, bring back the athletic commissions. Let's get these garbage promotions out of here. Let's get these garbage workers that are up on drugs that couldn't pass a simple blood test or a blood pressure test and get them out of here. They're ruining the sport. I don't care if you're 260 or 500 pounds. As long as you're physically able to work and entertain the crowd and draw, draw money, then you deserve to be on the show. But it seems like any douchebag with a ring right now is a promoter. Tell us how you really feel. That's what I want to know. Oh, no, you don't, you don't even want to know how I really feel. That would be bad. Joe's going to get enough heat off of this. So you can, he's going to have to come on next week. The views on this show, the views expressed on this show by Chaz Murray, yeah, his and his only. WCW yeah, there'll be, be a tagline. Yeah, there'll be a tagline at the beginning of each one now. <laughs> yeah, and Chaz's wife is... is Physically abusing him in the arm every time he spouts up because he's getting on her nerves. This is becoming sanctioned. Oh, yeah, dude. Here, highlights of my career now will be the following. A cease and desist letter from the WWE telling me to stop doing, what I'm, stop doing something that I'm doing or saying because it annoys them. And a disclaimer on a podcast because my views are just a little out there. <laughs> your views are your views only. <laughs> I'll tell you what, they may or may not be mine only, but I'm, at least I, I, right now I just, I've seen enough, and I've seen enough in the last week with all this angry wrestling vet nonsense on Facebook and the backlash that he's gotten to the point where, you know what, this is common sense. Train the kids the right way. Teach them the psychology. If they can't get it, get rid of them. I'm sorry. It's not worth 1500 bucks to put garbage talent out there, and I use the word talent loosely. Here's some suggestions from Professor Steve you just sent me. Uh, stop three-hour TV shows. <laughs> stop 
fumbling supernatural characters <laughs> and, and, and and train the wrestlers how to shoot and roll. <laughs> <laughs> That's because he's getting see. his butt kicked. And he's getting his butt kicked in jujitsu every other day. I've seen the pictures. <laughs> oh, Steve's got a crash course in what jujitsu is all about. He's all in on that now. Yeah, I know. That's good for him, though. That's awesome. But, I mean, you know, back in, even when you came up, Stro, um, there were, I mean, you guys had to go through Buddy Lee Parker at the power plant <laughs> in order to get out of show. Old Sarge wasn't going to let just he, anybody on there. Even before then, oh, my God, years before that. I mean, talking about getting oh, stretched by Gene Anderson and Nelson Royal and I don't know if and then Johnny Weaver would come by and <laughs> that man had a vice grip. Even in his eighties, his between him and Danny Hodge, yeah, handshake was yeah. no, I'll give you a hug because that handshake will break my fingers. Right. <laughs> I remember being in the ring with training with a guy there at the school and, and Gene was telling me to lay it in and be more aggressive, right? And uh yeah. and I, I told the guy in the ring, I said, Look, Man, I gotta do this. I don't want Gene coming in here and stretching me. <laughs> <laughs> what did you call him? Sorry, but here it comes. Yeah, exactly. you know? <laughs> Lay it in. But, mm. You know, uh, one of my one of my trainers, who's a, a fellow worker, and I, we were having dinner. Uh, the two families were having dinner last Saturday, and. Uh, we put on old Georgia championship from 79 and it was believable. Mm -hmm. Everybody on there was right. believable. You know, even the smaller guys that they used in the TV matches, okay. They had a lot of tag matches to get people exposure. They didn't have a lot of singles matches. They had a lot of handicap matches. We saw a young Sterling mm -hmm. golden in a handicap match. We saw right. Andre in a handicap match. So, I mean, you know, and yeah. the interviews were believable. You know, it was an hour, yeah. hour and a half long infomercial. To do what? To draw the Omni that Friday night. That's it. You know, we don't have that it. now. No, to, to get him into the building. And, you know, you, you look at those, you know, Georgia Championship Wrestling, Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling, all of those, you know, territory days, and some of what we would call now squash matches, we're longer than some of the main event matches we're seeing today, and they're much better. Exactly. So much right. better. Everybody, everybody that was in that locker room, this came straight from Dustin Rhodes, everybody that was in the Crockett locker room in 86 could have been a main eventer anywhere in the world. Some guys had the look and the persona. Mm -hmm. Some guys didn't, but they could still work. i give you a case in point. George South. George South was Ric Flair's favorite opponent when he had you, you the stole, You match. stole my thought. <laughs> okay, why? Because yep. George South could work. He didn't have the look. He darn sure couldn't talk on the microphone, but he could He, he could give you uh, a Dave Meltzer five-star match on a Saturday morning. Not that he gave any craps about a five-star match. We just wanted to see who right. was going to win or lose. Right, he, he gave right. Ric Flair very good 10, 15, 20-minute matches every week. Every yeah, with week. With believable hope spots. He'd make a comeback yes. on Flair, and you're like, holy crap, this guy might win. 
you know, now it's like whatever. And again, we be what'll make what's gonna make wrestling better is what will make wrestling better in my opinion will never happen again. We can't close the curtain. We've already shown them how the magician does his tricks. Yeah, the, the internet we're, ruined it. We're too accessible to fans. Again, this is the curse of the Indies. Okay, you Patty. When we were kids, you'd go to a match, right? You'd go to a card. Okay, where would you see the wrestlers? In the ring. There were no merchandise. There was merchandise for sale. I mean, there was merchandise for sale, but not through the wrestlers. Patty. You know, Patty okay, alive? I guess he's not here. Is she there? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think she's here. I mean, they, had, they had merchandise tables, but but not with the guys. There were no meet and greets. You didn't have a meet and greet with Nikita Koloff. <laughs> Nor would you want to. How are you doing? <laughs> Agreed, but, but where are you did you see there? Oh, that's How you doing, Tori? Tori? I'm recovering from my surgery yesterday. Oh, okay. oh, oh, gosh. Everything go okay? Yeah, I feel kind of weak. Oh, I hope well, you we appreciate you calling in. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, so, Tor, what what do you think can make wrestling I'm going to throw it out to you guys. Do you, do you think do you think it's better that is more is as accessible as they are now to the fans? Or do you think it was better when there was limited to no accessibility? I, I believe limited to no accessibility. When you got to see him leaving in the car, if you if you got outside fast enough to leave, see him coming up out of the arena, driving by, or just in the ring. I, yeah, I think there's just too much too much exposure now. But I'm, I'm older now, so, you know that's just me. Right. So, what do you think? Well, I'm trying to get Torres' response here. I asked the question about what she thought can make wrestling better, but I haven't heard anything back. Um, I'm back. Um, okay. What was the, the first question that he said? What's going to make wrestling I, better, huh? Um, hmm, that's a tough one. Yeah, that's really tough. But we think about it. We'll get back to that. Um, okay. So, so that second question was: Can you, can you run that by me one more time, Jeff? So, do you think it, do you think wrestling was better with a ton of accessibility of talent to the fans, or was it better when there was limited to no accessibility of talent to the fans? Oh man, you, you know I, I I think I would say the latter just because you know it, it brought more of the the mystery more than the more of the uh, mystique of rest, what made wrestling great. That you know when mm -hmm. you actually see a, a wrestling star that you really enjoyed, yeah. what I mean it meant it meant something. You know what I mean. Rather than just, if you see him all the time, the mystique kind of wears off. 
Yeah, I mean, that's, that's spot on. I mean, now, you know, you see there's there's all kinds of accessibility. There's accessibility via the Internet, via Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and OnlyFans and, and whatever the hell else there is out there. And, and now it's become, it's become the fashion to um, – to not talk about wrestling in terms of who's better, who's tougher, who's this, who's that. Now it's like, who are they going to put the belt on? Who are they going to let win? Well, then why are we having a show? Why don't we just post the results and call it a day? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, really, what are we doing? Why Why do we have matches then if, all we, if everybody's going to be an expert in terms of, of – um, you know, the outcome or the quote-unquote finish. So why don't we just have a recap show with the finishes and and, um, and uh, uh, vignettes and just call it a day because there's no sense in having the match. There's no mystique anymore. Right. This is um, this has been great, guys. Uh, is, is there anything you, you all would like to plug? Uh, plug time, so plug away. <laughs> Oh, the only thing I'm gonna, the only thing I'm gonna plug is July 28th, Tinley Park Convention Center. Uh, WAW from Norwich, England, and WAW North America present a night to remember. We've got nine matches on the card. Four of them are title matches. Uh, we've got Zach Zodiac defending the WAW World Title against Thomas Latimer. Camille's defending the NWA Women's Title against Soraya Knight. Um, Mustang Mike Beetle and Gavin Alexander. Who's going to have the ever popular and famous Stro Maestro in his corner? Is they're contesting the vacant WAW North American Heavyweight Title, and Miranda Gordy and Stacy Shadows are going to be contesting the vacant WAW Women's Title. Uh, tickets are on sale on Eventbrite. Uh, VIP with the meet and greet is fifty bucks. Ringsides are twenty-five. General admission are fifteen. That's my plug for tonight. Well, I don't have anything to plug, but I'm trying to recover. Still need more prayers. Well, all the best for you, Patty. Um, It's just been kind of hard. You know, speaking of recovery, I I, I don't know the, the full extent of what happened, but apparently Sabu was in some really bad shape for a little while, and it seems like he's kind of turned it around a little bit. I don't think there's still any details on what happened, but he said he, they were, he was at a show and he had a, a serious medical incident. They just wouldn't go into detail as to what it was. Oh, okay. I had... Assist to remove from my right breast. Oh, sorry to hear that. Yeah. But I'm feeling a little bit better. A little bit better. Well, that's good. Well, that's good. Our prayer is good. Give Sabu in our prayers, and uh, evident uh, from Tommy Drew, Raven isn't doing so hot either, health wise. So definitely keep Raven in our prayers. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. 
But um, yeah, it's been great, guys. Um, thank you guys so much. Uh, always a pleasure. And uh, uh, be sure to catch archives tonight's show on DSCNation.com. Just look for WCW Retro and today's date. And uh, hope you guys have a great rest of the week and weekend. And we'll see you all next Thursday. You guys have a great Absolutely. one. All right, take yes, care. sir. Looking forward to it. Take care. God bless. Yeah. Hey, this is Total Package. Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Hey, guys. Before we get started, I just wanted to read this commercial because it's an agreement that we made with a really great podcast, and I want to tell you guys all about it. Pro Wrestling Interviews. It features guests who are hot indie stars as well as the greats of the ring. Each week, you can join the amazing Velvet, as well as Dr. John, as they host this jam-packed hour of interviews, pro wrestling news, and entertaining guests. It's an hour you don't want to miss. Trust me, you don't want to miss it. Every Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern, just go to ProWrestlingInterviews.com, and it'll take you to their Facebook page, where you can get the custom podcast link for that week. Don't miss a second of Pro Wrestling Interviews. That Sunday nights, 9 Eastern, Pro Wrestling Interviews. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Check out In The Room. Every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off a building. And then uh, pregnant. I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Yo, this is Jerry Stein of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You get ready to get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hick, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. Archive-free content includes past interviews with huge names like Paul Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Singh, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation. Phil After has been in the pro wrestling business for over 50 years. Hey, Tony here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, first of all, your height and weight. 6'1", 255. And now subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill After's archived audio footage. And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, give us something about your back. First of all, your relationship to Ole Anderson. Ole is my Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. Okay, we're speaking here with uh, the manager of the World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's uh, 
He's sort of glowing tonight about a new prospect we haven't heard of yet. And for just $9 a month, Aptor's archives are all yours. Uh, would you tell us who this new prospect well, is? Well, I'll tell you, Bill, I've searched the world, and I finally <laughs> found a true world champion. I finally found... What's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino? Well, I think... Uh, I don't know what to say, but I, I want to say one thing. Bruno was an early champion. Hear exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time. Here's Bill Aptor, and once again, we're speaking here with... Bruno San Martino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiant? Well, actually, it was a, a, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it the loss. Did have anything to do? Well, yes, but the whole thing is that the rules, as I always understood them, was that the title could only be lost by ten or, or submission, which is the same rules as uh, my title, the World War Wrestling Federation. That night, uh, it was... To sign up, it's very simple. Head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com slash vocnation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week, talking dream matches, taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out, vocnation.com, WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation.